Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about turning 30. I'm your host, Bobby Pease, and joining me is my favorite gamer on the go, Mr. Chase Kinnicky. Alongside him, the gamer turned dad and birthday boy extraordinaire, Johnny Amazich. How are you guys? Uh, doing all right. How are you? Better than you are and ever will be. Chase, okay, what's new? Dwight. I am not 30. You're not 30. I'm, yeah. Johnny, you're 30. You're putting the dirty in 30, that's for sure. I am. How's, uh, how's 30 treating you? I'm more relevant than I was two weeks ago. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's all right. Have you learned anything? Uh, that age doesn't really matter. My God, why are you yep. even talking? That's... Age is just a number, man. It's just a number, man. Oh boy. Well, uh, so that's that's what you're gonna lead with. Thirty, your first thirty uh, on the podcast, and you're gonna drop some hallmark bullshit. Yeah, live, laugh, love, guys. <laughs> you're such a wine mom. Uh, Chase, I'm done talking to Johnny. Uh, I mean, no, but seriously, it's it's been cool. I mean, it, nothing really changed. Um. I know I kind of had a little bit of an existential crisis about turning 30 um, leading up to it, but once it finally got here, no big deal. Life carries on. Life finds a way, right? Mm. Yeah. Did anybody go see that? I know Bobby and I did because no, <laughs> we went together. Uh, I saw the Mr. Rogers documentary tonight. I would like to see that. I'd that like was to really see that. Good. I bet you it was better than what I saw. It, yeah. <sighs> I bet it wasn't in IMAX. <laughs> it wasn't. It was at the High Point Theater. <laughs> yeah, hey, I didn't, did Chase, did you get... Did you get an invite? Yeah, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I'm going to say, not an amazing movie. That's what I heard. Yeah, I... You know what? It's big and bombastic and dumb and fun. But... Being that the original Jurassic Park is one of, if not my absolute favorite movie of all time, it's it's not that. <laughs> like it, it doesn't even come close to approaching that. It is. I mean, so how many stupid. times can I tell that story? Well, they didn't I, just tell that story. They completely blew that story up into a million pieces and shit all over it. Well, they told like this. This movie is. I know we're not a movie podcast, but this this movie is such a like misinformed love letter to previous Jurassic Park movies. It's like, oh, we we need to make sure we get all those nostalgic hits in there. Like you absolutely get the T Rex in the pose, screeching, and uh, it's not a banner that falls down, but it is it is that shot. That absolute shot is in there. Uh, just so many shots that you can think of from the Jurassic Park movies, the the first two anyway. Like let's let's say Jurassic Park three is probably not being pulled from that much, but like Lost World and Jurassic Park, they are just taking elements of those and putting them into this movie. And it's do you think that it's part the of dinos- the dumb fun? Do you think that like a a historical mansion? staircase could support a dinosaur going up it viciously 
Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on the dinosaur. I don't know. Like those those things are pretty solid. They're made of stone and concrete. Oh God, this movie was so bad. Oh, but it was so fun though. Like it, uh, it absolutely was super stupid I mean, every what, step of the way. Were you expecting Citizen Kane, Bobby? Come on. It's no, I the wasn't expecting Jurassic that. World movie. But I was expecting maybe them not to jump the uh, the Endoraptor. And they sure shit did oh, that. Oh man! If you if you didn't expect them to do that, you weren't watching the trailers. I, I wasn't those, watching the trailers. Those trailers told you everything you needed to know about this movie, and that it was going to be bad. Like oh. I the so I saw two trailers for this movie before it came out. The first one is is one that a lot of people saw. It was in a lot of theaters, and I think it was on TV a lot. And it just it looked bad. Like it, it yeah. There was a lot of of just. CG dinosaur, Chris Pratt running, Jeff Goldblum talking. Even though Jeff Goldblum is barely in this film, which is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he is. He is in a game that I'm about to talk about more than he is in the film. <laughs> um, but it is. It's just uh, so that that trailer is bad. But then I saw a different trailer, and I forgot where I saw it. Maybe it was like before Deadpool two or something. And it was like an extended trailer or a different trailer altogether. And it showed off a lot of new scenes that you hadn't seen before. And it was all super reminiscent of the Lost World in that, oh, we brought dinosaurs back to to the mainland. And hey, guess what? Dumb idea. <laughs> um, so you had like the the dinosaur, which ended up being the Indoraptor. Uh, just crawling through a bedroom while a girl is under her under her covers, and it is it's it's so. Bad. And when I saw that, I went, "Oh, oh, oh no!" <laughs> like that first trailer was bad. This one was heinous, and then the movie just totally fulfills how bad I thought that movie was gonna be. But man, you know what? Seeing it in IMAX. There's some big, cool dinosaur moments in there that is kind of worth seeing. Despite how bad a movie it is, it is kind of worth seeing. I probably I, won't go see it. But. That's fair. Like <laughs> People should probably go see The Incredibles 2 instead, because I hear that is actually very good. That movie was fantastic. I would yeah, also I kind really of like to go see Tag. Bad. Like Tag seems like a stupid movie that I would probably enjoy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple trailers for that movie. It looks kind of fun. Yeah, starring St. Louis's own John Hamm. Uh, anyway, Johnny, let's get this thing started. And I would, like, I would like you to start. I start all, all too often here. So tell me about the games that you have been playing in this oh, last man. week. You know, it, it's a relatively short list this week. Um, I've been playing more Hollow Knight. Uh, haven't really progressed too much further than where I was at, mainly just exploring, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out where I can unlock the next section of the map so I can actually see where I am. Um, Do you find that to be frustrating or do you find that to be kind of calming in that you can just kind of continue around exploring? Because that's one of the things to Hollow Knight for me that before I've even picked this game up, I've just, from what I've seen, from what I've uh, read, is that this game is so... Is, is so much about just kind of meandering around because of the map not being the most effective um, and because of the Metroidvania-ness of it 
that so, that feels like that would super frustrate me. Um, the only time I've ever really gotten frustrated is when I've died in an area that I don't have mapped out, mm. and I don't remember exactly how to get back to where I was uh, to restore my soul orb. Sure, I'll call it. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's been the 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 world is cool enough and nice enough to look at that it doesn't really bother me um that you know i don't know exactly where i am are you doing um, the uh, uh so i was i i started playing this game also johnny and i found myself hitting a few walls both uh emotionally and mentally with it and mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to go to YouTube and just kind of see some introductories and get some other thoughts on the game. But there's there's people who are essentially handwriting out or drawing a diagram of their progression and having that alongside them. Are you doing anything like that to keep track of where you're at? Um, I will t- remember specific landmarks because the rooms that you're in a lot of times are different enough that you can have things that set it apart from where you were prior. So I've gone back to places that I haven't had, I don't have on my map yet. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I've totally been here. Here's this thing that I cut down that let me jump up to another platform. Um, here's where this enemy is. So like, I just kind of been, I haven't looked up any guides or anything like that. I've just been banging my head up against it until I figure out what I need to do. Yeah. And the game certainly doesn't tell you, I mean, no. anything like the game, the only thing you know about your character is an opening cinematic in the game that literally just shows your character looking off at a city and then jumping into the city and that's it. And mm-hmm. uh, when you get there, it's a very interesting world. I think graphically speaking and art artistically speaking, it, it's really neat. Um, I think the combat looks and feels as good as you'd want it for platforming Metroidvania. Oh my God. Why can't I say that word? Metroidvania. There it is. S game. Um, I find myself just increasingly frustrated with the lack of narrative in the game. And um, I guess the lack of direction the game gives you as well. Um, yeah, that, that hasn't really bothered me. And there, there are characters that you meet along the way that reveal more about the world. Um and Bobby, with with you being frustrated, are do you play? Have you played other games in that kind of genre subgenre? Like, are you? Yeah, are, are you I a mean, Metroid fan. Do you play Castlevania games? Did you play games like Guacamelee? Or so I really like Guacamelee. Um, I, I think that game. Uh, what I like about it is that there's a definite like driving force what you're trying to achieve and do in that game, and mm-hmm. so you, you can at least make sense of that. Um, you know, I, I I tried playing Axiom Verge, and I find myself like being mesmerized by a style and soundscape of a game, but then just really not enjoying what I was doing in the game necessarily. Uh, you know, Metroid was a game that I was exposed to very early on in life, and it was hard as hell. And I always thought that Mario was more approachable and more fun, so that's what I focused my energy on. I compare this like a lot to to uh, Don't Starve and the, the Fire and the Flood, like those games where it's a bit more roguelike. Um, 
I want to like the game a lot more than I do. Like I'm having a really Johnny, just so you know, like I'm having a hell of a time settling into Hollow Knight. Uh, I don't think That's it's fine. for me. Um, I just I'm not very compelled to like want to explore that world. You know, like it's a world that I want to be in and check out, but I just can't find a reason to stick around. That's totally fair. I mean, my sessions with it have been 15 to 30 minute spurts. It's not like I'm sitting down and putting two hours into it every night. It's it's more of a, hey, I'll, I'll poke my nose around here for a little bit, see if I find anything new, um, and then put it down or switch to something else. And I, I think I, that- I want that game to be that for me, though. I want to to sit down and play it for two hours every night. Now, I also just need to stop playing the other stupid shit that I'm playing so I can make some time for this, but um, <laughs> I, I, as much as Metroidvania games usually just go over my head, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of the way of the mechanics of that genre in general. I've played a couple of Castlevania games that I've enjoyed. Uh, I actually really like Guacamelee as well, but I think that is... It is kind of Metroidvania for babies, mm-hmm. and and I'm okay with that because I I think that accessibility is what made it uh, made it fun for me. But I am usually not a big fan of of this genre of game. And Hollow Knight is is something that gets a lot of praise from a lot of people who have played it. But then also just the way it looks, the way it sounds, all of that stuff is really appealing to me. So I I hope when I start this game, which I think will be this week, this weekend, um, I I really hope that I like it. I think more than both of you do. I, as that is my hope, but uh, like part of me is just really scared. You won't that have I'm to like it that much it. to like it more than I do. Well, that's that's probably also fair. And I, I mean, I don't mean to understate how much I like this game. I it's one of my favorite things I played this year. Um, but a lot of time, like that's how I tend to play my Switch is it's in short little bursts and handheld mode. Um, the last game I put long sessions into would have been Super Mario Odyssey, I guess. Everything else is 30 yeah. minutes. I want to go back to, to what you said earlier, Johnny, about you're, you said you're sitting like 20 to 30 minutes with it rather than two hours. And mm-hmm. I think like that's awesome. I don't think the game, from what I've seen online through gameplays and what I've experienced with it, I think that it, it, it kind of is a game that wants more of your time than that. And so it's cool that you've been able to do it that way. Like when I think about those types of sessions, I think about games like obviously Spelunky. I think about Downwell. I think about games like um, the, the the minute game that Chase talked about in the episodes uh, previously. And those games that are designed to be short burst, like these moments that you can, can obviously maybe have a good run and go a little bit longer on, but Hollow Knight doesn't seem like a game that is based off runs as much as it is about exploration. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, I can just put the Switch to sleep whenever I want and wake it up whenever yeah. I want. Yeah, I um, think it being on Switch makes a big difference, that that you have that handheld versionness of it, of, oh yeah, I can just turn this off and come back to it at any time. Also, like, I don't think... I don't think short, short session games have to be like arcadey or roguelikey to like it can be something that you just keep chipping away at little by little. So I yeah, and really this cool. is just a consequence of all the other games I have to play on my Xbox and my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't not think you had really... a PlayStation still. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've been playing a game on my PlayStation recently, actually. 
Um, about that. Yeah, would, but I mean, would you like to tell us about that game? Yeah, uh, I picked up that is what Cooney. we call a transition. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got a little gift card for my birthday for GameStop, and I ended up purchasing a digital code for Nino Cooney because that is a game that is still sixty dollars most places you look for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I took the money I had there and I got a digital version for what I was finding physical copies going for, and uh, that game is i know we spoke about it at great length uh back in march april Mm -hmm. but it is so charming Mm -hmm. like just oozes like one might say it could be a a strong contender for style of the year or you know something of that or a number of awards like that that's Mm -hmm. a that's a fun game like it I think our only issue with it, Bobby, well, maybe we had a couple issues, but like the main issue is that it just felt too easy. Mm-hmm. And I, I am playing on hard. I didn't okay. crank the difficulty up. So they have difficulty modes now is, is something... Well, did they have difficulty modes before? They did. Um, they? I think the other thing, too, is, is that just like... It, it, they tend to not expose you to higher level things as often. Um, I mean, for... The Octopath Traveler demo that I previously played, like you made a left turn in one area and you're up against things that could just absolutely destroy you. Or in Nino Cooney, I think it took a while before it scaled things up or, or really presented something that would be considered a, a, a true threat based off of what um, your current party was. Well, it, it has those enemies with like the purple auras around them that was like, yeah. hey, by the way, uh, this thing will murder you if you try it. Yeah, try and fight sure. it. Yeah, and I, I've seen a few like that in the, the open world when you're running around in, in chibi mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still not very difficult, even in the hard mode. There's one difficulty past that, um, but I still find myself engaged enough with the combat and, and enjoying it that I haven't felt compelled to turn it up even higher. Yeah, there's, some, um, there's some nice moving pieces in combat. I'll, I'll, like You can move around your party, and there's some cool things you can do, for sure. Yeah, right, right now I still just have uh, Roland and Evan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't actually. No, I just got um, the third character. What's her name? Oh, Sky Pirate Girl. Tanny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the last place. I, last thing I left off with. Okay. Uh, whenever I played it last time a couple of days ago. Um, but it is man. I know that uh, Studio Ghibli was not directly involved with this, but their influence is still definitely Absolutely. very much felt. Um, but I know the character designer and the composer from Studio Ghibli did work on this game, and that it shows. Like it, it feels like I'm playing a Miyazaki film in a lot of ways, um, which I really appreciate because I like his movies quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but I mean, only having put a few hours into it, it, it's hard to say exactly where this will fall or where it ranks on my list so far. I don't feel like I'm far enough in to make that kind of judgment, but. Uh, if it continues, you know, impressing me as much as it has, I could see it being up there on my list for sure. Yeah, I think that that's a game that we we said previously, and uh, you're echoing that sentiment now. It's a game that you're going to hear more about definitely come December. I think. yeah, mm-hmm. it's it. If if you are looking for a good RPG, and you have a PlayStation or PC. Uh, you should check this game out. It's really cool. Totally. Um, ch- 
Chase, what have you been yeah. up to, man? What's, what's new uh, with you? I've been playing a lot of stuff uh, this week. Uh, first, let's start with the obvious. I've been playing more Pokemon Quest. I beat that game? Like, I saw credits, but then, but then that game opens up a new island for you that's, that's just one new area. And it kind of says, hey, you think you beat this game? Fuck you, you didn't beat this game. And it, it shows, like, hey, that this... So, Bobby, you've been playing this game, or you played mm-hmm. a little bit of this game. You know how when you get to one of those areas, it has, like, five different levels yeah. to it. And the levels will go up by maybe, like, a thousand or a, yeah. a couple hundred each time. And in the, the kind of recommended strength level, you need to be at it. Um, this island has uh like a big leap from the previous area that you were in and unlike all the other places that you've been to where you can get a type advantage so it'll go oh ground ground pokemon are really great here they'll get a big bonus to their to their power levels uh none of these give you any sort of bonus whatsoever oh so So you're just like in there yeah you're just in it and it's a fucking slog and I'm to the point, like, uh, at this point, I don't know if any of these numbers mean anything to you, but um, the the lowest, the first level you can do in this place is at 18,000, which is which is high. <laughs> which is very, that's a, that's incredibly a, high. That's a steep hill. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, and I'm to the point... What three are you running with there? Uh, my three, let me pull it up right now, is uh, Dragonite, who okay. is at levels... Is he at? Let's see. Uh, Dragonite's at level 81. I have a Gengar that is at level 985. And then the, the big bad Nidoking that I'm still rolling with is now at 96. And man, it's it's a lot. <laughs> like even if you even if you maxed out your Pokemon to level 100 you're still not even close to being ready for Oh yeah, you're going to get like all kinds stuff. of fucking stones and shit in there. Exactly. So so having all those modifier bonus things that you can apply, those badge kind of things, that's that's really where the end game part comes of cuz when you go to these places, they'll give you really good badges that will help you raise those those numbers up pretty decently, but man, still, it is it is still a still grind. Yeah, it's still a super grind, but it, so, it's been something at this point that I just turn on the TV, I let it go, I, I play, I play, I play this on handheld mode. I'm watching something else on TV, and it, it's just something that's kind of going on in the background, and, and that's fine. Yeah, I think so. I, I've definitely um, not played the game recently, just because other things have been going on. I, I like that game a lot. I I want to play that game on my iPad. Well, you're about to. Like yeah. they they announced versions for iOS and Android, and I think that's a much more appropriate place for this game. Yeah. It certainly seems like it. I I don't think I'm going to pick it up on those platforms just because I've I I've already done I've already done all the work here, and I think I'm at this point I've had my fill of the game. I'm I'm enjoying kind of continuing to grind this little bit, but I'm. I think I'm just waiting for something else big to really grab me so I can stop. Have you put any more money game. into the game since that one no. time? Nope. Just the initial cool. the initial time. 
I've never felt the need to put any more money in. I, this is this is a point where you absolutely could put money in and get something out of it. Like I'd I'd be able to get a few things, but nothing nothing that would give you such a noticeable increase to to really make a lot of progress. So and you didn't need to like need to's relative, but like can you can you state now at where you're at in the game that the money spent on it, you could have got to this point without doing that? Like, Man, that's a good question. It, I think it would have taken me a lot longer because you get a lot of the cooking pots uh, by yeah. doing this and you get some really good items that, that do like exponentially increase your progress, especially in the early game. And, and now that that's kind of run out, run its course, then, then you're back to, to just kind of the regular grind. So I, I don't know how much longer it would have taken me without that the money stuff i know none of this stuff is exclusive i think you get like a couple of bonus pokemon one of those pokemon was a a nidoran that it became my nidoking but it's not really any different than any other nidorans out there they they said it has some exclusive moves but i don't think it does and i think i changed those moves Mm. anyway to, to be better um anyway so yeah a little bit more pokemon quest still playing that game but it's fine um after Johnny was talking about Enter the Gungeon last week on his Switch, I decided to give that game another shot. I'd played the PS4 version and had trouble with the controls or, or just how it played and, and wasn't really having a lot of fun with it, despite how inventive I thought the the gun designs were and some of the enemy designs were. Uh, so picking it up on the Switch, played a few rounds of that, and I, I think I like it. I'm... Good. <laughs> yeah. Um it maybe maybe it's just kind of the switch bias in me, but I think it feels really good on the switch. I played it both I in handheld totally mode and on the TV and I, it's fine both ways. I think the the switch the the Joy-Cons work with that game and and also the Pro Controller felt felt fine. I don't really know what my issue was on on the DualShock. Maybe I need to go back to the PS4 version and and really kind of codify what what I had trouble with in that game, but uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I I like a lot of what's what it's trying to do. There are still some mechanical things that frustrate me, like uh, I don't like the pits and the floors that you have to do precision dodges over to avoid. It just feels like a a thing too many to to keep track of. Uh, that game also becomes bullet hell, maybe a little more often than I'd prefer. Uh, and oh, yeah, to a little bit. <laughs> and to avoid the bullet hellness of it or to to get around that situation because they realize like oh we put players into these almost impossible situations so we need to give them something for that and their system is to have these blanks which are kind of these uh, it's a limited use item that you can use to just destroy all the bullets on the screen and they all just vanish so it's kind of a get out of jail free card and i wish I wish the game was just designed a little more differently to give you give you situations where you don't need to use blanks and you can just be very skilled at moving around and then not have the blanks in there at all because now it's constantly something that I'm thinking of of oh do I need to use my blanks now or should I wait to use my blanks on a boss and and that goes into another issue I have with the game of I love all these really cool inventive weapons but it gets to the to the hoarder 
in me of, well, I, I don't want to use this weapon because maybe I need to save it for the boss. Maybe I. How do you acquire if, the weapons? They're in chests. chests. Yeah, they're, they're in chests okay. around there, and then there's also or a shop that you can, yeah, shop you can buy yeah, specific weapons. That's interesting what you said about the blanks, because I have only ever used them on the boss fights. Yeah, and that totally makes sense. Like that, that feels like where you're supposed to use them, because the boss fights are way harder than the regular enemies. Yeah, I, I've only beaten... I played this. I put like five hours in this game, and I've made it to the second level twice. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, how, much, how much is the game? Is it 15? 15? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 15 bucks. Yeah. But I, I had this really cool Molotov cocktail grenade launcher. That one's fun. And it was great. And it worked really well on a boss that stayed on the ground a lot and kind of kept its position. So I just kept throwing those things on her and it was just frying it. And that was, that was awesome. But there was a part of me that's like, I, I, I need to make sure I save ammo on this gun to, to use for the next, the next round. And to the credit, there are places in the game where you're able to, to reload ammo and you can kind of pick which gun you want ammo reloaded on. But part of me wishes they went to more of like a metal slug system where this is just the gun you get and it's temporary, but you get it and that's what you're using now and go for it and have fun. And then pick up a different weapon if you want that. I I don't necessarily like the way that you have all these options available to you in the gun. So now I need to think about which gun I need to switch to now, how much ammo that has, and it's it's just a couple too many systems for me to really get into a groove in, and and that's kind of unfortunate because what I end up doing is just ignoring some of those systems, and then not using them at all and and i get into a situation where i i should have used something and i go well fuck i guess i i forgot to hit l lb on that one that would have used my blank or something and and that would have saved me there but i was too busy thinking about dodging do you have a preference on handheld versus tv for this not not particularly i i played it about an even amount on both and there's something great about being on handheld because that's just kind of what the Switch can do, and it's really cool to see those games go to handheld mode, but I think it works perfectly fine on on either version. And I'm, uh, like un- unlike other games, right I now. have no issue with the... Yeah, but, uh, but unlike other Switch games, I've had no problem with the uh, Pro Controller with the, the not-great D-pad. Like a game like Sonic Sonic Mania was not fun with that D-pad. Um, I think I remember stuff with Zelda where it used the D-pad or where it was trying to use the D-pad and it wasn't fun. But this game, you, you don't really ever need to use the D-pad, so you're you're kind of fine. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, good. I'm I'm downloading that game to my Switch right now. I, I, I think like it's it more a, than Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, that? I bet I definitely bet you'll like it more than Hollow Knight. But uh, yeah. I, I was I've I've been craving a roguelike recently, and Spelunky isn't out on Switch, sadly. And Dead Cells is coming, but it's it's still not here. And I really just wanted a good roguelike. I I do have Binding of Isaac. I could certainly play Binding of Isaac. I still love that game, but but I was kind of craving something new. And and this uh, and Enter yeah. the Gungeon fills that. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm gonna keep going with it. I'm having fun, even even if I see the flaws. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, 
there's another game I want you to talk to me about from your Switch. Sure. What game uh, is that? I'd love to hear you talk about your time with the new demo for Octopath Traveler. Yeah, you talked about this a little last week, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I think we've both now finished our three hours? Yep. Okay. Yeah, this this game is this game is good. And mm-hmm. and I know I've been excited about it a lot on the podcast, but there was there was definitely this doubt in my mind about this game that I've had for a while now. Ever since that that beta, that very first early time that they let you play the game and they only gave you the choice between Primrose or the knight whose name I forgot. And when I played through that I was not having a good time. The combat felt like a slog. I I couldn't see where I was going. I, I there was there was so much fog, and then the super intricate way that the the game is designed or artistically designed, it just it got to the point where I I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing, and then I got to that final rat boss uh, of the of the place that uh, the demo beta part ends. And it was so hard and so long. It just wasn't fun at all. So spongy. I mean, like, I just felt like there was, this is like an early on encounter and anything Mm -hmm. that I was throwing at him was just not working. Right. It it just didn't feel good at all. And I was scared because I've been wanting this game for a long time and I've been really excited about it and it's got a good pedigree. And for for that game to feel like that at that point just really took the wind out of my sails. But Square, to their credit, went back and said, okay, we got a lot of feedback. They they actually really did solicit fan feedback early in that process yeah. saying, hey, we want to hear from you. We want to hear exactly what you have to think about this game because we are planning on making changes. We want to make sure that this game is, is something that people are going to enjoy. And I remember I wrote that exact feedback that I talked to you guys about, and I put that out there, and you know, they didn't personally respond to me, but playing through this this mm-hmm. demo, it feels it feels like a completely different game in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, one hundred percent. I need to check it out. It's I Johnny, it. you it's will good. fucking it's love free. it, man. It's this demo is awesome. free. And like a, if you decide to get it, it all carries over. Mm-hmm. That that's a really cool thing. So they give you three hours. You are you're basically un unleashed to do whatever you want. I think they're places in that game maybe they block off so you don't yeah get just because it's like high level shit i think but but also i just it's not something you really have yeah. to deal with it's 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 blocking off stuff that you might never get to or even if you got to you wouldn't be able to do anything with it i never felt there. limited by the the demo totally like my my only issue was i have three hours i need to try to get as much done as i can so you, you pick your character, we, we talked about this a little bit last week, but you pick your character of any of the eight main characters there. I ended up choosing the hunter uh, because I thought the hunter was pretty cool and I wanted to give her a shot. She had some cool art and, and also she used bows and I thought, okay, that, that sounds like a fun thing to do. And when this game opened, because of the character I picked, it opens in her village in the forest and man, they talk in some seriously bad and thick Shakespeare faux Shakespearean it's garbage. Rough. That, that a lot of dots, rough. a lot of these and thous. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it was it, it was very distracting to the point where I was I was trying to remember back to that early beta and thinking did 
did it all sound like this or like, well my feedback f- was like it needs to be more more shakespearean so please put that <laughs> into the game and God i feel you, very Bobby. good about my contribution so you're welcome ah you you fucked it all up uh but but i found out later it is really just that village that's the mm-hmm. way that village talks fine okay whatever because i i got to a new town with her and and nobody else talks like that thank god <laughs> um yeah because that but, was rough but she's fun like she can use bows and axes so she can she can vary between her different attacks it's got a persona style to its to its combat where it has the each enemy has multiple things they're weak to so you and it has little question marks kind of the same way it did with persona of physical attacks and and uh electric attacks and so on and so forth and so forth so in here each each enemy has maybe like three to five different weaknesses that they they have and they're all covered up by question marks at the beginning but once you hit them with that right attack it will stay on the screen forever even for for any subsequent battle you do against that yeah so i learned pretty quickly like oh these first rat guys who use bows they were weak to to axes so i just kept hitting them with axes that was great and then i got to the second village and and you can kind of it's an open it's kind of an open world at that point you can go basically wherever you want you can put together your team at your your disposal like however you want totally to totally so uh, i know bobby kind of went in a clockwise direction for for these eight characters they are all kind of in this circle so mm-hmm. Bobby took the clockwise, so he went from thief to, to hunter, my, my person, and then you'd continue on from there. Uh, I ended up going counterclockwise, so I saw the thief second. And, and I thought the thief story was pretty cool. It was really nice to have a second character for that. I'm sure they tweak, tweak those battles to, to make them level appropriate, but uh, that battle felt way harder than the battle I had against a beast in the forest. And it was so refreshing to have a second character for that. So now I was using the thief and the hunter in tandem. Hunter has the bow and axe. The thief had a sword and a dagger. So I had all of these different attacks between the two. Plus, I also had some magics that they started to learn at this point that I could I could also use. I have it, to imagine, too, like as that game cracks open, man, like... The combinations and strategy that you'll be able to just unleash will be fucking great. Totally. Like, I was making combinations when I just had two, and then eventually I got to three right before the demo ended, where you, if you played your cards right tactically, you never got hit. You, you never, yeah. you never, hmm. you could knock the enemies out of their attacks and just steamroll them and it was great but you're you're not steamrolling them because you're that that much stronger than they are you're, you're steamrolling them because you're tactically better mm-hmm. and it feels a lot like i mean it feels a lot like bravely default in which is good and that's also where the the pedigree comes from so that makes some sense and that you are doing some turn manipulation you can uh, it's not a brave and default system this time now it is this uh you can just put a little extra on your attacks and and take multiple turns per turn still a weird thing to say but it's how it works yep. um but then it also has kind of it, a little bit like dragon ball fusions i know that's a weird thing to, to reference here but the way dragon ball fusions has all this turn manipulation stuff of if you knock if you knock this opponent out of the ring then they go to the back of the line 
And in this, if you can break through somebody's shields, they have a number of, of shield points to them, and you have to use attacks they're weak against to break those shields. And then you can do some really heavy damage to them when they're in that broken state. When they get into that broken state, they get knocked out of that turn and the next turn. So it, it gives you a little breathing room, and, and it allows you to, to really kind of play the field of, okay, I know this guy's coming back from break the next the next turn so i need to make sure to knock him out now uh but i also need to put this guy this other guy into break so he doesn't attack me this turn either and you can yeah. just kind of juggle the it's enemies awesome. that way and it it's really fun really cool it's super Dude, it's cool. it's the mechanics are fantastic on it and the thing too like in that to chase this point there's so much you can do in this game in three hours like what i'm most excited about i think is I have to believe that somewhere in the story that eight of these people are going to be connected to something yeah. and there really isn't like, it's all individual. Like you're learning about the people, but I'm curious what the, what the coming together is going to be in this game and how that's going to really crack it open. Because I, I do feel that there's going to be a really neat story beneath all the things that you're encountering besides like these individual ideas. I hope so, because that, that really is... It's not even really a concern, but it's the only thing that I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. Of I see how all these eight guys, how meeting all these eight people works, and then they all kind of have this Mass Effect 2, hey, I have this one personal mission that I want to get done that, yep. that just so happens it. to be at the exact opposite part of the map from where I started. So you have to go yeah. all the way around the map to collect all eight characters, and then you'll have to go all the way around the map again because that's where all their stuff will end, I think. Like that, that's what it seems like anyway. Um, but, but yeah, I, I didn't see any hints in this three hours, and it is just three hours, so it's not a lot of time for a big game like this, but... Uh, I didn't see any hints of what the larger story might be or, or any sort of... Like it, it didn't seem like there was any big bad that was affecting the world at all. These are all just personal stories. So for my hunter, uh, her the, the leader of her village, her master who's taught her everything about hunting and, and using the bow, uh, he went off to, to take this kind of mercenary job and, and track this beast and never came back. He, he sent one letter, he kind of told her where he was going, but he he just never showed back up again. So now she has taken up the mantle to go find him. And that town just so happens to be on the other side of the map. So that's what she's doing, and then the thief has... Uh, he tries to go steal something and then gets caught, and then uh, it, part of this deal of, hey, we're not going to turn you in or kill you or anything, but but you need to go do this thing for me. And he has to re reluctantly agree on that. And it just so happens that it also would start on the other side of the map for him. So it's it's interesting. I, I'm enjoying picking up the new characters and seeing their stories. Bobby talked about it last week, but I really like the way that no matter who you pick and who you start with and whose story you see first, whenever you see the new person, they'll always say, like, hey, do you want to see this person's story? Do you want to see what they... What what led him what led them to this point and you can go and you'll see some uh, the the same kind of cutscene you would see if you started the game with that character so you get caught up on what they're doing and then it puts you right back in as a party and says okay will you help me start to accomplish that goal so that's yeah, pretty Johnny, cool. 
this is one that you you should just like absolutely give a shot. Like I think it'll it'll scratch a lot of itches. Um, I have it downloaded. It's just yeah. I've had Gungeon and Hollow Knight. No, totally get it. Firing up instead of starting a, a new RPG. I, I think yeah. one of the cool things, and Chase and I were playing some Destiny surprise surprise before we recorded the night, and uh, we were discussing that this is kind of if you're not into Xenoblade, like this is your first outing onto a, a really nice turn-based RPG for the Switch. Well, I'm and it, way into Xenoblade, guys. Ugh, you're, you are the Xenoblade. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Square's put out other games. They put out Lost Sphere, which is that mm-hmm. kind of pseudo-sequel to I Am Setsuna that's on the Switch. It's I think I Am Setsuna is also on the Switch. I don't remember. Like There are I, other I RPGs on the Switch, but, but none of them are like really top-quality ones. And, and this Octopath Traveler, like Bobby said, unless you are really into Xenoblade, there hasn't been another big AAA RPG on that platform. And, and this is one that a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time since it got announced when the console got announced. But uh, but yeah, like I I am all the way in now where that mm-hmm. last demo, I was was very, very concerned. And yeah, now that's I'm, awesome, man. I'm, I'm super glad to hear that you you saw those quality of life changes and enjoyment mm-hmm. out of it that I was talking about. That's that's great. Totally, totally ready for it. What um, else is going on? Yeah, I'll, I'll just speed through these last couple. Uh, I, I played Jurassic World Evolution, which is the park builder game uh, that I uh, had talked about, I think, in our, our June preview. I was talking a little yeah, bit about it. Yeah, you were pretty it. jealous yeah. about it. Yeah, I was excited. I, I liked Operation Genesis uh, on the original Xbox, I believe. And I, I like the idea of a park builder. I, I really like Jurassic Park movies. Maybe not the last one, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like them in general, and and this game is what it says. It it is a pretty competent park builder. It's it's nothing super special, but you, it's got the dinosaurs in it, and it does start with uh, with Jeff Goldblum talking to you as Ian Malcolm, and it is absolutely Jeff Goldblum who's doing the voice acting. And he's telling you a lot of stuff. He's setting up the that hey, you're on the 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 islands called the Five Deaths, and and this is he, he has his Ian Malcolm moments of of being kind of a prick, but also understanding that these are really dangerous creatures that that science hasn't necessarily thought through. And he's giving you his concerns, but he's also trying to say hey, maybe you'll do it better. And it's good. It's definitely more talking than he does in the Fallen Kingdom movie. He's barely in that. Inexplicable. Uh, and then it's really bizarre. <laughs> and then Chris Pratt's character shows up, and it's got the Chris Pratt portrait, and he's starting to talk. And I'm like, "This isn't Chris Pratt's voice. Like, what the, what the fuck this is, is this? Andy, this is Burt Macklin. It's <laughs> it's not even Burt Macklin's voice. It's not even close to what it's, Chris oh, Pratt Johnny sounds Karate. like. Sorry. It is. It's maybe it might be closer to Johnny Karate. It is. It is so. Like they aren't even trying to to recreate. God, could you his voice imagine how better that movie would have been if Johnny Karate would have been in, in... <laughs> <laughs> instead of like doing his little clicker thing to Blue? He just takes out his guitar and starts playing. Yeah. That'd be really good. Um, yeah. So so like the actual game itself, it it feels a little bit like an idle game, like some park park builder city builder stuff does, where you just kind of have to wait for the dollars to go up sometimes. Uh, it doesn't have a feature to fast forward time at all, like some of those city builder things do. do. 
the the dinosaur stuff is is kind of interesting. You can send out your your scientists on kind of like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood like outings to go, oh, go search for fossils and bring back the fossils that you find, and then we'll start analyzing those fossils because you're trying to get monstrosities. to exactly. You're trying to get to a hundred percent genetic uh, genetic code for these different dinosaurs, and and you'll only get fractions from each from each fossil that you find. So you can't make a perfect one, but you can start making dinosaurs at 50%. And then, you know, probably just put in frog DNA or whatever you do to fill out the rest. I'm sure it'll Chicken be fine. Bones. Life, life won't find a way. That, that never <laughs> happens. Um, but yeah, I, I started with, with what I think is the ideal Jurassic Park that, that would work of we're just going to put in the herbivores. Like You don't, you don't need to, to get crazy here. Like We're just going to have a nice, safe park and people will pay for it because they're fucking dinosaurs, and of course they'll fucking pay for it. Um, and but then it does start to give you missions, like your security group says, "Hey, y- you know, we we care about park security. We want to test our system a little bit. So can you just let one of them out? That, why would I do that?" He's like, "Well, we need to we need to make sure our response team can actually do it." So, this sounds fishy. <laughs> so don't worry, just let one out. We'll be we'll be okay. And this is a very early and tutorial part of the part of the game. And so it, it worked out fine. Again, it was an herbivore and like, no big deal. He was just out there, he was kind of scared. You can actually go you can assign your own people to do it and they'll just do it. Or you can get in your own helicopter and take the sniper rifle with the trank darts and shoot at the dinosaur. I would suggest you not do that because the controls are bad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it's much more efficient to just tell them to do it themselves. Um, So so, how much time have you put into it? uh, I'd say maybe like three or four hours, like a a decent amount. Continue to put time into it? Probably, but, but... not at the moment, I think. Okay. I, I think I'm going to put that game to the side right now. It, it's been kind of fun. I've made some... I ended up, because another mission was like, hey, you should you should put in some some carnivores in here. Like That's that's what the people want to see. That was that came from my entertainment division. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll do that. And so now I have two, two pens that are kind of locked off, and this is, this is the one for the carnivores. And I only have one carnivore right now, so I don't mind throwing a couple of them in packs. Uh, and then I have like this giant herbivore place that people can go to, and and nice. There's there's some cool stuff in there. This game has a photo mode, and it has it, it does like some Pokemon Snap style stuff of if you get the dinosaurs in correct poses or doing something cool or framed really well or multiple dinosaurs in the same shot, you'll get bonus money for that because that's advertising for the park, and it all kind of fits in in a in an interesting way it 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 works so there's there's something there uh you think i should get this game when it goes on sale someone who also loves jurassic park yeah i I think it's fun enough i i don't think i'd pay 60 for it i i think maybe around 30 maybe 40 dollars it starts to become a much better prospect um there's like I said, there's definitely something there. I don't think you it's do some stellar game. I think he's talking to you, Johnny. Oh, Gamefly? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I I also just have too many other games I'm playing right now. That's super fair. Um, but I am a big fan of like Sim City, City Skyline. Uh, I like Sim Theme Park a lot when I was a kid, and this seems like a dream concept 
come yeah, to maybe yeah. lacking in some execution. A little uh, bit. Like they, they just, I think there's some options that could be a little cleaner with with some of the way the things work. Uh, like actually cutting out some of the forested area so you can start to build a pen with fences. They they do a lot of stuff to give you options. But uh, and then they also start you on one of the five islands, and eventually you'll have all five of them open to you, and and you'll get bigger and bigger land masses where you can do more and more things. And right now, I haven't gotten my park level up high enough to to get to my second area yet. But it it seems like some fun some fun kind of stuff to do. But it's a very slow game, and and kind of, that's kind of okay. Like it's kind of nice just to watch the dinosaurs roam around and. Seems like a good podcast game. Yeah, totally. I I think it'd make a great podcast game. All right. Um, Actually, going quickly on these last two, I put back in Super Robot Wars X. I've been watching more Gurren Lagann on on uh, on Netflix, and that is a decent anime. If it has, it's it's a little cliche in in a lot of moments, but uh, it's it is still pretty fun. And I've been watching that because I know the Gurren Lagann mech is in this game, and I want to play as the Gurren Lagann mech uh, and understand what what that means. So uh, I ended up playing a little bit more Super Robot Wars X. I don't think my thoughts have really changed on that game. It still is is pretty bare bones from a visual, from a from a general visual style. Like the the maps are just super boring. Uh, I, I did at least find out that there are terrain options in there. So if you are on an ocean tile, you have like plus five percent to your defense. If you're on a forest tile, you get a plus ten to defense and plus ten to evasion. So okay, now I'm now I'm starting to use use the world a little more tactically, but it's all just kind of shitty textures from one terrain type to the next. It's it doesn't it doesn't have a crispness like like Fire Emblem does or Advance Wars or those kinds of games do. It's it's just kind of muddy and and flat and boring from that perspective. But that game still has fucking incredible mech battle sequences where it just goes into the kind of Pokemon style of okay, you do your attack, right. they do their attack, but instead of just being whatever little projectile thing, it is check out all these fucking missiles that are on the screen or like i just pulled out my laser sword and then i'm gonna go and actually slash at the robot and it's ah it's so fucking cool um i i played enough stages where i got a couple gundams on my team from i believe g gundam i i think that's the anime they're from um and if that's the case maybe i need to watch some g gundam because fuck those those are some cool ass mechs (laughs) i i am not a gundam fan normally i think gundams kind of look a little stupid, but but these Gundams looked badass, and they've got some badass. These are the moves. Gundams you're looking for. These, these the were the Gundams I was looking for. for. Um, I still have not found Gurren Lagan yet. I believe that comes pretty late in the game, from what I've heard. But uh, but the team I'm building now it has some pretty fucking cool mechs in it. The story is still super trash, but the mechs are the mechs are fucking cool. Oh, that game is Neat. so fucking awesome. Ah, I love that game. It's not very good, but I love that game. And it's also still super complicated. <laughs> uh, and then I, uh, Bobby also did this, so I'll probably let Bobby talk a little bit more about it than I will. But um, I downloaded Pokemon Go again. 
Mm-hmm. Hearing all the stuff about let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu, I thought, you know, I'm not really interested in getting way into Pokemon Go again, but knowing that Man. anything you catch in that game will be able to transfer over to Pikachu and Eevee, uh, maybe I'll just reinstall yeah, it. Cool. I-, I hadn't played it since the since after the first month, and I, I haven't either. I'd first, forgotten. Like two weeks. I'd forgotten all my login stuff and. Thought I was just gonna have to start from scratch, and then ac- <laughs> accidentally guessed it, and That's and got awesome. back in. So so yeah, I guess I got all my Pokemon back. Woo! But well, I, I I caught a few things. I got a Totodile now. I I caught a Skitty this morning. Um, but it it seems like they've made some improvements to that game. Like it's still basically the same game as as it was when it launched, but. Uh, it's at least a little more stable now. They've they've definitely added more gyms and Pokestops and and other things in there. Like my building, or the to be more specific, the uh, the bodega at the first floor of my building is now a gym. So there's now a gym basically in my building where I can just stay in my apartment and and keep fighting the gym. So that's cool fighting the good fight right yeah bobby how about you how are you enjoying this kind of second wind with pokemon go yeah so very similar to you chase i fired this game back up uh because i i am going to be getting let's go pikachu or hey pikachu mm-hmm. um my hey wife you pikachu? hey you pikachu not hey you pikachu um my did you guys ever play you. that game no no Hey, you Pikachu fucking sucks. <laughs> sure, it's I heard that. so bad. Oh, it's so bad. Sorry. Continue, Bobby. That's all right. No, Sarah is a huge fan of this game, um, and she's bounced off of it a little bit. Um, but we're excited about the the new game that's coming out for the Switch and her bringing some of her stuff over. And then I saw a bunch of people on Facebook posting their trainer cards because it's like, hey, we can we can trade. Yeah, Pokemon they, now. they just added in the the trading and friend stuff. That's interesting. And I was just like, that's cool. Like, that would be something with Sarah, and you can, like, build up a friendship in the game. So she's been, like, gifting me stuff and trying to work on that. And uh, the game runs a lot better. Uh, Sarah and I have also been trying to be a bit more healthy over the last month. And so having an excuse to, like, maybe be active or walking around and, and doing this, it was it's a fun activity for us to do. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's... I get it. Like I see the appeal to this game. I understand why people are are as into it as they are. I still want like a better management of my team. I still want better battling. I still want those things that maybe we'll get in the Switch port of this or the Switch companion that they're bringing out. You'll you'll but, definitely get that. Like it is actual battles against computer trainers. They do actual moves. It, it doesn't look like it looks like you're actually picking moves instead of just continuing to tap on a Pokemon yeah. to to do that stupid attack shit. One thing that I'll say that it's you know coming back into it now, especially uh, for me, is I've only played the original Pokemon game. That's it for me, and it's one of my favorite games of all time. But now we've got second generation Pokemon and even some third generation Pokemon here, and I'm like fucking lost. <laughs> on who these things are, what they become, or what they do. Well, Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, you there's there's now what like seven generations of Pokemon, maybe eight at this point. There's there's so many, and, and to be fair, like there's only three generations in Pokemon Go at the moment. But still, there's a lot of fucking Pokemon out there. I 
I think you should play Gold and Silver. Like, Gold and Silver are still fantastic games. They really are good games. Maybe the best in the series. I think I still tend to tend to like the originals better, but uh, I just I, but I like that like... only adds an extra hundred, and I think they're still pretty inventive at that point. Yeah, no, like it's not that I don't want to play it. I just said, I mean, I have the vessel to do it now. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, I didn't. I I just like what I keep noticing is is that they all look a little bit more similar as they as they progress. Like at least on the generation that I'm looking at, it's just I felt like they were a lot more distinct on the original ones. Yeah, I mean, but, there are definite archetypes that they've had to build in. Like you you need to have. You need to have your fire starter, your water starter, your grass starter. Uh, also, you need to have a a Pidgey like Pokemon that can be a, a three leveled bird. You need to have some some sort of Caterpie Weedle equivalent of easy bug Pokemon. Uh, legendaries. They need to have a few of those in there. Like, th- there's definitely right. some prescriptive things there's in there. Their, there's are their things. They do. They do sure. add some new interesting ones each time but but yeah like it's yeah so i i see myself playing this at least until the switch companion comes out um but outside of that guys like i just wanted to put out there like i've had i'm i'm kind of at that point right now uh where i'm missing that comfort mode like i'm eating comfort food with with the games i'm playing i know that there's going to be a shit storm of stuff that comes out here uh here soon and like I'm looking ahead at July, and I know that Octopath is going to demand a lot of my time there. Uh, I'm so I don't have a lot to add to the discussion tonight from the previous episode, but I'll just kind of give you a kick the can update on a few things here. Uh, the division is I've, I've just really enjoyed going back to that game. Uh, I'm almost at the level cap now, uh, playing through it. It's it's just a really really uh, impressive update to what they did from vanilla like the, the things that they brought into it, the quality of life the mechanics of that game the the look and feel like tonality it's it's just so good and i'm really looking forward to the sequel um johnny i know that you and i played a little bit more like we did yeah i haven't put it? any more time into it since we've yeah. been together uh but it, i have enjoyed what i have played yeah it's good it has uh, made a better impression on me now for sure than, than the beta did when I first played that a couple years ago. Um, Elder Scrolls Online still really good. I'm I'm, I'm circling the uh, like expansion for that. Like I, I do think I'm going to pick it up. I just don't know like like kind of looking ahead. There's a lot of gameplay there, and I just don't know if that's the smartest thing for me to do. Maybe just get through what's on Game Pass and and be okay. I mean, with there's that. still a lot that you get. With the version of the game of Game Pass. So I just don't know, like, if I'm going to add that into it. I know my cousin Jason just beat the Somerset edition and was really uh, praising it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I I shared my thoughts on Hollow Knight earlier. Again, like, I I appreciate that game. I don't want to come across as just, like, dogging it. Like, I, I see why people would find enjoyment in it. I'm a little envious of that because I I wish I liked it more than I did because I was very hyped on that game. Um, but something like everything. I, yeah, something I did go back to um, again, like another game that I've put a lot of time into, is Minecraft, and this does complement uh, the the previous month June preview. So there, there's a whole new version of Minecraft. It's the Bedrock Edition that came to the Switch. 
Yabba dabba do. Um, yabba dabba do. Uh, if you had a previous version of Minecraft on the Switch, you had to download a whole new version of this game, and you can get it for free. But this is uh, the Better Together update, and I'm sure you've seen some stuff online, uh, again, about how well Microsoft and Nintendo are playing together, and Sony's on the sidelines saying we have enough players that we don't need to open it up to other people. Um, it's cool. Like, Johnny sent me a text message. He's like, hey, I was on my Xbox, and I said that you were online, you are Switch playing Minecraft. And yeah, it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so like the neat thing too is, is like I can pop open um, and see, especially like on my iPad right now, because the realms aren't live yet on the Switch, but on iOS and all that, it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing is, is that like when you go to servers, it'll be like people on Xbox that are playing. It'll be like this person's server. Do you want to just join in on your iPad? And so there's a 30-day free trial for uh, their Realm service, which allows up to 100 people on a server that you can have 10 people playing at one time. It stores all of your data in the cloud, so you, you save up any room that's on your, whether it be your Switch. Oh, the eventually. cloud, you say? What's the power that? of the cloud. The ah. power of the cloud. Um, so yeah, I decided to just go back to Minecraft, and I set up a new world. I got a, a really cool biome. Uh, and I've, I've built a, a pretty neat multi-layered A-frame cabin there. And I'm enjoying that, experimenting with some redstone things. And uh, just the game's, that game's really good. And to have the ability to play on any device, on a server, it's really cool. And I, I talked to Kurt, one of the guys we used to play with, Johnny, and he's going to get the server information and maybe port some stuff over. And oh, cool. Because he can play on his iPad at work now and do that. So uh, I hope to play with you and Jude eventually because I know that that's something that he's really into and I had some fun playing when I was over at your house. Uh, but it's just, it's it's really cool to see this happening and uh, I, I do wish that Sony would, would maybe reconsider uh, some cross-play things, whether it be Rocket League or Fortnite for people who enjoy that game. I don't think... We're too far away from having this this open box for everybody to play together, regardless of what hardware you're on. I, I think that should be how it is. Like, if I want to play this on my Xbox, if I want to play Destiny on my Xbox and play with Chase on a PlayStation, that should be a thing that you can do. Um, it is absolutely something you can do. <laughs> they yeah. did that in Fortnite, I think, and then for a bit. They shut that shit down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's absolutely doable. It's just Sony has no incentive to do so. Right. They, they're no. ruling the roost right now. And what business sense does it make for them to open their platform up yeah, to like, these other companies? Look, I love Sony. I love my PlayStation. I've enjoyed that system immensely. Um, I, I just think that they've gotten really comfortable with that and, no, like the only people that really lose here are the gamers. And at the end of the day, like that's who should be celebrated and that's who should be taken care of in this sense. It doesn't matter what you're playing on, in my opinion. Have your exclusive content for those machines to, to persuade the, the end user to come to it. Like have great games that are available on it. But when it comes to multiplayer shit, who fucking cares? Like open it up. 
Yeah, I would imagine that would also greatly extend the life of multiplayer games in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having everything unified. Yep. So that's that's me getting off my soapbox. That's me telling you about the games that I've played before. But I'm I'm just you know looking forward to July and and beyond. And uh, yeah, there's one or two things that I'm surprised that I'm kind of excited about. There's a lot of July. stuff I'm excited about. Uh, so well, let's that, get let's get into this. Let's talk yeah, about. I mean, before we do this, usually we talk about what we liked it from June, and and just kind of going over how that went. Uh, so let's let's start with that. Bobby, you had three games. You had uh, Vampire with three mm-hmm. question marks, Mario Tennis Aces, and Luminous Remastered. How many of those games did you buy in June? None. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, what were your favorite games? Uh, well, first, why, why did you not end up buying any of those games? And two, what actually were your top three games in June? Um, so I didn't buy uh, Vampire... Not because it didn't get any good recognition. Quite honestly, the game seems to be a hit uh, for people that have played it. They really do enjoy that game. And I think it does some neat things from what I've been reading. But it was one of those situations, again, uh, I ha- I haven't talked about it too much on the show, but we had a series of unfortunate events here at the, the Peace household where uh, our, our beloved dog, Rocket, had to have a pretty expensive surgery. And then we had uh, some air conditioning woes here in the sloppy Midwest that required uh, some some money. Yeah, we a- AC is is not a not a want but a need. Yeah, yeah. I had to point. turn a few tricks on the street. Had to get down dirty bills. in the <laughs> trash. Um, so I was being a little bit more choosy with what I was spending money on when it came to games, and I was also looking at all the stuff from E3 and just thinking maybe Vampire would be a good pick up later on when it's a little bit less expensive i feel like that game is definitely going to get cheap very fast like whether whether it's a hit yeah. or not it's it's not a game that seems to be on a lot of people's radar and right and i think that that that's a game that's going to to do very well at a at a lower price point that people might go oh i'll take a chance on this and and end up yeah, pleasantly it looks surprised cool i would like to try it yeah so again, uh, in lieu of Vampire, I picked up a freemium game called Pokemon Quest. Maybe you've heard of it. I have heard of that. That's weird. <laughs> um, Mario Tennis Aces. This is a sad story. So that game was one that I thought was going to be a day one pickup for me based off of my excitement from Mario Tennis on the Nintendo 64. Mm. I thought the trailer was a spectacle when they announced it. I preloaded the uh, tech demo like a good Nintendo boy would. And I fired it up when it was open, and man, that game was not for me. Uh, I was I felt very justified by how uh, by how that game got got reacted to by by the community. Yeah, it's not doing very well for Nintendo. And uh, again, like it's just a sad thing to see that like one of their big AAA Nintendo titles, one of the first ones of the year, is just not a big hit. Uh, so it's, it's it's definitely uh, not anything I want to deal with. And I, I thought I would be cool and replace it with Hollow Knight and was lit down again. So uh, I'm really, really not doing doing great here. And then... Uh, you still have Hollow Knight as one of your three favorite games from June, though. Well, I mean, look, like let's talk about by, what I by, played. By default. By default. By default. I but, mean, yeah. Like, as far as, like, and I mean, I even put fucking Minecraft on here, and I think that game's been out forever, but this update came out in June. And then Luminous, like, that game, 
I think actually just came out, didn't it? It did. So again, like I'll probably pick that game up. I think the price isn't bad on it, and it mm-hmm. it's getting good reviews, and it looks really neat. I've never played that before. I like a good puzzle game. Uh, that will probably be something I, I, I do pick up. So uh, yeah, that's that was it for June. June was a rough mu- month. I we we knew that going into it, and I'm definitely feeling that more. <laughs> talking about it right now than I did maybe a month ago when we were doing this episode. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat similar to you, Bobby. There were a couple, couple of games that I had on here that I didn't end up getting or starting. Like I had shape of the world, which uh, was that really interesting looking uh, first person game, right? First person, like kind of walking simulator, but also it just seemed like a a trip. And I, I never ended up downloading that. I I think I still might. It, It did look cool. Um, but it didn't sound like it had a lot of stuff behind it other than just the really cool visuals you can walk around at. Um, I also had the Banner Saga 2, which I, I did download. I, do- I have both those Banner Saga games on Switch, and I'm eager to play them at some point. Um, <laughs> but I I enjoyed playing a lot of the original Banner Saga on my iPad, but never finished it. So I, I would not feel right about just jumping into Banner Saga 2. I think I want to replay that series completely. Uh, especially with three coming out in the coming months, I think maybe even this month. Yeah, it's next month. Um, and then Jurassic World Evolution was the other one that I had, which I actually think is is a pretty solid game, if if maybe not worth sixty bucks. So the other two games I actually ended up liking for June, Pokemon Quest has been a a fun time waster, and then uh, West of Loathing. I, I also picked that game up on kind of a whim. And have had a, a pretty decent time with it. I, I haven't gone back to it since my big session with it, big initial session, but I had a good time with that. I think the writing's pretty funny, and and they do a lot of cool things in that game. So uh, the, uh, those yeah, are the three games I ended up on. Friends of the show, um, the short game, they just put up an episode that is covering West of Loathing. That seems uh, like a perfect game for them. Yeah, give those guys a listen. They're They're awesome. Uh, John, I don't remember what Johnny's three were. He didn't. I don't either. And I just looked at the note, and it's blank. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I wow, looked at the note too. Like, well, um, well done, Johnny. <laughs> I, uh, fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I probably said vampire, Mario Tennis, and Crash Bandicoot. Mm. I remember saying that. Um, and I'm going to guess you played none of those games. No, I haven't. Uh, Crash Bandicoot doesn't come out in June. It comes out, yeah, it does. I thought that was a July game. Does it come out this Friday? I think so. Hmm. Uh, it comes yeah. out the 29th. I, th- I think that, yeah, that's the case. Yeah. Looking forward to playing that because I haven't played those games since I was a kid. And that seems like a fun thing to revisit. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I put Hollow Knight down. I mean, it's the one new game I bought. Uh, Enter the Gungeon is an old game. Right. That came out last year. Um, for Switch like last bought, year. Yeah. But even earlier uh, than that I for other platforms. one other thing on my Switch. I think. I don't, I don't know. No. <laughs> and, and Nino Kuni came out in right. previous right. months. Like, so. I, I did Kuni purchase some game. games this month, but they have been out for a while. Yeah. All right, so we got a short month for July. Uh, well, I mean, the same as any month, but well, not the same as any month, but like it's got game thirty-one. Okay, wise. it's got thirty-one days. Yeah, we got, 
back back to the preview. I mean, but there but there aren't one. but there aren't a ton of known releases that are that are uh, announced right now. So we'll we'll just go through what's here. Of course, there's always going to be new stuff that pops up that we just haven't have been told about or or haven't shown up on these bigger sites where we grab this stuff from. Like Hollow Knight didn't show up anybody on anybody's list for this last month because we didn't know it was coming out until Nintendo said, "Hey, by the way, it's out now." Uh, Unravel Two would have been another game like that. Anyway, so let's get into July here and what we've got going on. The first game here is July third, and we're getting Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered Edition. Did like, you guys like this game? I love this game. I hate. This I really title. liked it. <laughs> this is. I kind of want to play it again. I. I'm not necessarily against it. It's coming for PC. It's coming for PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, Red Faction Guerrilla was a was a pretty good game. I I wonder if it's going to feel really dated at this point. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Like I, I I mean, they can put a fresh coat of paint on it, but the mechanics aren't aren't changing. Yeah, those mechanics those those mechanics were pretty stiff then, and I can only yep. imagine how stiff they feel now. But Man, there's a thermite gun though. That fucking thermite gun was sweet. I, I just gotta ask the question. I mean, like, did anybody ask for this? Like, I know it's no. a fun game, but like, oh, oh, that's right. You're gonna it's get on just, your high horse it's about not just, <laughs> It's not, not just I'm a just fun game. Say. It's a game that a lot of people really liked. Uh, I, I think it might be on backwards compatibility for for Xbox One at this point. But I would, if you're if you're a PlayStation player, like. You have either PS Now. I don't even know if it's on PS Now. Um, but you don't have as many options. So I, I get this. It, it makes sense to, to release a classic game. Also, this is... So Volition is now part of... Oh, who the fuck bought them out after THQ? Is it THQ Nordic? Yeah, which wasn't originally THQ, which... God, whatever the fuck. Um... Yeah, so like this is this is kind of an easy win for for that new publisher of just hey, this is a thing we have. This is a thing people like. Yeah. Let's build let's build some uh some support out of it. And maybe it's even like a burnout situation where they want to see how this does because maybe they'll sure. make another Red Faction Guerrilla game. Yeah, I mean they had this yeah. IP just sitting around and you know, I can't imagine they're planning on selling gangbusters of this but yeah like like this game went over really well when it came out the next red faction game which i forgot the name of the subtitle to it uh, i just did, can't see I, I, the point i'm trying to make is i'm not upset that they're remastering games yeah, i just feel like maybe there's some other games that deserve to be remastered before this one N- name name one what, what do you Kotor. got bobby mass effect <laughs> Jade Empire. Oh my God! Any, any early Bioware game? Jesus Christ, man! You, you gotta, you gotta let, let that go. one go. Yeah, let it go. Not letting you it go. Elsa that Not one. You want to play a new no. Kotor game? They have something for you. It's called The Old Republic. <laughs> You're the Old Republic. You're old. Oh man. Um, all right, let's let's continue moving on here. July 11th, we have Warhammer Vermintide 2. This is a game that's already out on PC, uh, but it's coming to Xbox One. Also, I believe day one it will be Game Pass. Yes, yes, that was something that they oh. announced at, at E3. Yeah. Um, so cool on them. I hear good things about that. If you are a Left 4 Dead fan, uh, it sounds like that game is is very much in that vein. That's cool. I 
I still don't know anything about Warhammer. I don't I don't think you need to know anything about Warhammer to enjoy this game, but that's you know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. July thirteenth, that's that's the day. Mark your calendars, boys, because we got two awesome games dropping that day. One of them is oh, oh I it seems to be a, a remaster of some sort, so I guess Bobby won't be getting this one. Uh, Captain it's, Toad it's, Treasure. It's okay one. I mean, <laughs> that game's only been out what two years tops. Uh, I, mean, I think maybe two more than two years, but yeah, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is coming to both the Switch Makes and sense. the 3DS. You know, it was on a machine that nobody had, but oh, you know, who am I to judge what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even own this game when I had a Wii U. I didn't either because even though I know I would have enjoyed that game if I had bought it then, I. I just didn't want to play my Wii U very Oh my often. god, it's common sense on making a good decision on what to bring <laughs> to the public again. Uh, wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. It's got some new stages. I know they've added in some, some Super Mario Odyssey content in here. And that's exciting. I, I think that game will be great. I think it'll be perfect on Switch. I think it'll be fantastic on 3DS as well. Awesome. Also on July 13th, and the reason I won't be playing Captain Toad that day is because that's when Octopath Traveler comes out for the Switch. Yes. And we've talked a lot about that game on this podcast and on the podcast last week, so we can kind of skip Now, Chase, here's my question. Yeah. We talked about doing Pokemon Quest for Gamers on the Go, which I'm still down for, but Mm -hmm. I think Octopath Traveler would be a perfect game for that. Uh, Potentially. Let's see how it goes, because that is going to be a game that takes up a lot of our time. I don't want to promise something like that and then have us all in different uh, spots in that. We all know how long it took Johnny to finish Persona 5, so let's not, yeah. let's not make yeah. promises we can't keep. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to July 17th, we are getting... Oh, look, another remaster. <laughs> it's Sonic Mania Plus. <laughs> well, the thing, too, with this is, like, there's not even an addition... Like, you can't even, like, buy shit for Sonic Mania, right? Like, you have to you, buy the game can. all over again. No, 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 you can't. You can absolutely, you can. yeah. You can absolutely download the plus part of it, uh, from what I've been told. But it okay. also comes with some really cool packaging that looks like Genesis stuff. If you want to get a new packaged version of it, um, and but you get I, new characters on this, right? And you get yes, yes. Is that they, it? They are adding Mighty the Armadillo. I don't. I think there might be some new stages, a new act, or a new zone. Oh, um, no, I think it's just I think it's just the game with those characters. It might it might be, but even so, Mighty Mighty the Armadillo is fucking awesome. I can't wait to play Sonic Mania Plus. Um and I I definitely pre-ordered the cool packaged version with all the cool shit on it, and I probably will end up just downloading the extra stuff as well and paying that cost because I want the cool physical stuff, but I also want the convenience of playing a downloadable game. So, I'm I'm bad. I'm a, too. I'm a bad person who You're likes Sonic. You're the reason Sonic. we got Red Faction coming back. Thanks a lot. Probably. Um, moving on to... Oh, uh, Sonic Mania Plus comes out for the Switch, the PS4, and the Xbox One. Uh, July, 4, tw- uh, July 24th, we're getting... Oh, look at this. Another remaster. Uh, this is the Mega Man X Legacy Collection that comes out for PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Mega Man X is a great game. I have no opinion on the other Mega Man X games. <laughs> this next game, though, is the real winner. Oh, yeah. It's not a remaster. It's a port. <laughs> and also coming out July 24th is No Man's Sky for the Xbox One. Now... We all love some... No Man's Sky on this podcast when it first came out. They're, they are not only 
recording it, but I believe uh, on that same day, the Xbox and PC version along with, I'm sorry, the, the PlayStation, PC, and Xbox version all get true multiplayer. Oh, is that when they're going to do their multiplayer update? Yeah. Yeah. You know so what? A multi- to, to their credit, they have continued working on that game <laughs> since launch. They've yep. they've been listening to the community. They've been making they've efforts. Kept I, their head to the ground. Mm-hmm, haven't really yep. said anything. They have they haven't made any grandiose statements. They've just kind of done exactly what they said they're going to do, and I commend them for that. I don't think I care to they've, go back to that game. Worked around all the death threats they got. <laughs> man, which fucking toxic community, man. Like the game sucked, but nobody deserves a death threat over a fucking video game. You know, I think at some point. Some some week when it gets really quiet, we're all we should all go back and play some No Man's Sky. That game's and, gorgeous. And that game see, is such a pretty game. Like. I would I would do it again. That'd be great. Let's let's make I that would... a let's make that a topic for a future. Okay. Week. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Sounds fun. Uh, also, July twenty fourth. Yes, we are getting the Banner Saga three, which is a a brand new game for on everything. Yeah, everything. Windows, Mac, everything Switch, PS four, Xbox One. Uh, not iOS yet, but the other two are on iOS. I mean, Banner Saga 2 is on there already. Yeah, I I can't imagine that 3 wouldn't eventually come to it. Maybe they're doing something really big with graphics. I, I kind of doubt it. I think that game has a, a really nice uh, hand-drawn style to it that they would probably just keep going with. Johnny, yeah, do you, want, do you want to talk about the next game? Uh, yeah, uh... On July 27th, Mm -hmm. a game I've never heard of, but I hear is making the rounds uh, with the YouTube personalities. Ah. Uh, Hello Neighbor. Oh, interesting. iOS, Android, Switch, and PS4. You know, I've heard a lot of really great things about Hello Neighbor. I have too. If you enjoy broken experiences... (laughs) Oh, here goes Johnny getting on a soapbox about Hello Neighbor again. And... Uh, feeling you know, like there is no God, and maybe there is a God, and this is your punishment for not believing. You don't know is that this is a remaster coming out for these <laughs> devices. Uh, yeah, Hello Neighbor is a horrible game, and instead of fixing their broken piece of shit software <laughs> on its existing platforms, they decided to push it out to as many as possible, uh, and probably pay influencers on YouTube to play their shitty game. To sell more copies of said shitty game, and so are you going to buy a copy of this for the Switch for yourself? <laughs> no, fuck no, fuck these people. But what, what if, if, your what son if comes yeah, exactly? Begs for it. What if he's mm-hmm. like, Dad, Dad, the 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 Hello Neighbor is on the Switch now. I would like that. That's great, son. I don't care. You have it on the Xbox. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's not how you talk to uh, your son. He, you know, Hello Neighbor has not been a topic of discussion in my house for the past couple months, and you're pretty happy about it. Yeah, he he's played it twice, I think, since he finally was like, I'm tired of this. Does, does it scare um, you, like, every time he boots back up? Like, oh, he could get way I into this again? I haven't been home when it's happened. It's All right. only been when he's been home with Misty. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a bad game. And it, it makes me upset that it sold as many copies as it has because it's so broken. Bobby, should and, we should we play this game? Like, should we give this a shot? I think what we should do. If you give them money, I have I have I this like both of you. I have this I, morbid no, curiosity to know what. No, it is. I think what we should do is 
We should go to Johnny's house. We should load no, this game. Already no. I'm You should just let Jude show it to you. No. Also, also no. I don't want Jude to play this. I want you to play it. <laughs> I, I would rather uh stick bamboo under my fingernails. Alright. Let's let's move anyway. on here. So yes, Hello Neighbor for anybody who's into that, which apparently doesn't include Johnny, comes out July twenty seventh. Uh, and then our last, our last game that we know about, coming on the last day of July, July 31st, we have Code of Princess EX, which... What the fuck is that? Bobby, that's a remaster. <laughs> um, Shocking. It's coming from the Switch. So, so the, yeah, this is a 3DS game. This is a game that I talked about a few weeks ago, I think, on the podcast. Cause oh, I, it's an Atlas joint. Yeah, I, I downloaded the, the 3DS version because I think it was on sale, maybe, or I forgot why. Um... But it's it's a side-scrolling beat 'em up kind of thing. It's got some RPG elements to it. It's it's interesting. There's something there in it, but it it didn't it didn't feel amazing on the 3DS, and the visuals didn't seem to be that great either. This EX version seems to be trying to upgrade some of that stuff and adding some new content and doing some new things and also putting it on the Switch. And in our continuing crusade to put every single game ever made onto the Switch, this is another one of those games. As it should be. <laughs> um, so part of me is curious about what they might do with this, uh, and and I hope it's good, because I, I wanted to like the original, and again, I think there was something there. It just didn't quite hit on all cylinders for me. So maybe the EX version will. And that's so, all we got. We're, we're wrapping up July... It's a remastered month. Chase, mm-hmm. your top picks for July. It's tough. This was so tough. This is the toughest month I've had to make decisions on. Usually it's tough because uh, I don't know if I could even come up with three games that I really care about. Like June, June, I don't know if I was super jazzed about all three of those games. But this month, I'm actually super excited. Oh, we missed one. Um, it's not on the the... The uh, it's not on our calendar, but it's definitely coming out. It's coming out early too, like July fourth or something. Uh, probably not July fourth, but uh, Shining Resonance Refrain, which is a different Japanese RPG that is also coming to the Switch, uh, and and I think to other platforms as well. PS4 as uh, as well, maybe PC. Um, but that's a, a new game in the Shining series, and it looked kind of good. Like not not as good as Octopath, but it looked kind of good. Uh, All right. So so I've been interested in that one. I've really wanted to play the old Shining Force games, the the tactical uh, Fire Emblem style games. I have the ability to do that, although I'm hoping that they will find their way to Switch eventually, and I can play them there instead. But uh, but yeah, Shining Resonance Refrain seems like it's going to be a. a pretty traditional rpg there there were some cool dragon things on there it had a decent trailer that i saw uh about a month back so i'm i'm still interested in that game um octopath traveler for sure that that's going to be the the definite rpg that i know i'm going to mm-hmm. love and then captain toad i think captain toad is going to be pretty cool too I, i'm looking forward to to doing that to to playing that uh, I also have Banner Saga 3, kind of like an honorable mention. I, I know I won't get to that game in July, because I probably won't get to the previous two games in the series in July, but I will definitely be downloading it because I want to play through that entire series. Uh, I told you that I already have Sonic Media Plus 
uh, pre-ordered, so I'm excited about that for sure. I can't wait to play as Mighty, but uh, that's a game that I've already played, so it's tough to get super excited about that. And then, yeah, I, I still kind of am interested in what Code of Princess EX does, so I, I'm looking forward to that too. But really those first three, Shining, Shining Resonance Refrain, Octopath Traveler, and Captain Toad, those are the games that are the the must-have, super excited things. I, I I hope that all three of those games show up on my top ten list this year. Nice. Um, I've got Captain Toad down as well, and obviously I like Octopath. Um, so I've never played the the Banner Saga games. I I think they look really cool. I have I think I have the first one on PlayStation. It was like a I think that was a a PS Plus game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. So what I what my plan is is to maybe fire that up on PlayStation, get a handle of it there, and then I would obviously if I like the game maybe continue on the Switch from that point. Yeah, I don't know what that you might want to do a little research on if that game transfers save files over. It it very much might because this is this is absolutely an Oregon Trail style kind of game so it might transfer hey you had these are the decisions you made in that game yeah and whether it maybe continue i'll just do on the switch then right or or maybe it works like mass effect where it kind of like mass effect 2 where it asks you kind of what you did let me ask you this i mean as much as i love my switch like the those games are 20 bucks a pop on the switch they're ten dollars a piece on ios i had a perfectly fine time playing Banner Saga One on my iPad. Like it's, it, that might it, be what I do then if it does carry over, because I can get both those games at the cost of one on Switch, and that yeah. would just make more sense. It it does make a lot of sense that way. Um. So yeah, uh, Octopath is not definite. Like pick up day one. Uh, Captain Toad. I don't know if I'll get to that in July or not. That might be something that I wait to get closer to holiday, where it's like buy two get one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, Johnny. Uh, you want to go through your list? Yeah, uh, apparently I'm really excited for Hello Neighbor. It sounds like it. Um, I have Vermintide 2. Uh, I've heard good things about that game, and I played a little bit of the first one. Uh, I didn't realize that that was a Game Pass game, so I'll be playing that as well. It was also a game with gold one month, and that's that's how I got into it. Um, And Octopath Traveler, um, probably it's kind of late right now, but I might play a little bit of that before I go to bed tonight. Uh, and then Red Faction Guerrilla. I may Redbox this or something just to go back to it, revisit it. I doubt I will buy it, but yeah. I'm interested to try it. Is that the one that, like, you had a pickaxe or a hammer or something in that yeah, game? Yeah, giant you had, you had a sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, look, I, I like my time with that game. I played I played that quite a bit. The uh, the guys that put that game out, like, were des- some of the designers for that were in Champaign, Illinois. And yeah, that that's where Volition yeah. is. Yeah, and so um, I I my first job out of college was in Champaign, and the cool thing is, is we did like graphic panel printing, and those guys had us print out basically uh, some shit to put up in their office of these characters. Nice. And so I got I got to go there and meet some of the guys and talk to them about a game that I had been playing before that period. So that that was cool. I mean, like. I enjoyed that game. I don't know how it's going to hold up to your point, though. Yeah. I. You know what? I really liked the challenge mode things that you could do where it was almost a puzzle at that point. You need to knock this entire building down in a minute. Mm-hmm. 
and so you need to to find the supports on it you need to hit the mines just right you need yeah. to use your rockets judiciously and like that that stuff was really cool shit the, there. the game itself like when you were actually fighting enemies was fine kind of i guess like there were there were some not fun parts of that game for sure but i really did like the puzzly nature of knocking down buildings that was cool well, Chase, thanks for taking us to another preview episode here at the Casual Hour. Um, it was a lot of fun to look at July. It's it's hard for me not mm-hmm. to think we're in the calm before the storm, though. Like, I think, for me, Octopath really signifies, like, the shit to, that's coming. Um, so, buckle up, guys. I think it's going to get wild over the next few uh, episodes that we do this with. Hold on your uh, butts. Hold on your butts. Hey, if, Jurassic Park reference. If, uh... If you guys are excited about any of the games that we talked about, we'd love to hear from you out there in listener land. You can shoot us an email. We are thecasualhour at gmail.com. If you are uh, on social media, we are at the casual hour on all those platforms. You can also go to our website, which is thecasualhour.com slash contact and shoot us a line there as well. If there's a game that we talked about that maybe uh, we, we or I'm sorry, if there's a game that we didn't talk about or if there's a game that we did talk about that you want to add to, please drop us a line uh johnny for you i'd like to know what is going on in the father-son video game relationship that you've started with your son what's new there what's going on outside the show with you and jude what are you guys playing (laughs) bowling (laughs) we're bowling uh minecraft still a lot of minecraft still a lot of minecraft uh misty has been playing with him actually uh, and they've been building houses together, so that's been fun to watch. Um, but I have a feeling he, like he's going to be into this game for a while. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm okay with that because it I think it encourages creativity. Uh, it's not Hello Neighbor. <laughs> Those are really the only two things, the only two criteria for any game that right. your son can play. Is it yeah. educational? Is it not Hello Neighbor? <laughs> yeah, I, I I try and get him to play other things, but he's just he's way into it, and that's that's fine. Yeah, there's worse things that you'd be into for yeah. sure. Kids have uh, obsessions. I was obsessed with like singular things when I was his age. Yeah, and it's totally fine. Nice man, uh, Chase. Gamers on the go, the better podcast you're on. What's going on there? <laughs> uh, it's been kind of quiet so far uh we we have talked about doing this pokemon quest episode i think that'll probably still happen because that'll be an easy thing since it's free we can all play it Uh, and i finished it so that will quote unquote finished it so that's a thing uh and then yeah it sounds like who knows maybe we'll do an octopath traveler episode there's we have lots of options available to us maybe a captain toad episode i'm always i'm always looking for for new games to potentially talk about so for sure those those might be things that happen in the future Nice. Um, so I, I'm excited for the next episode that we're going to be bringing. We've had it on the books for a while. Uh, this next week, we're going to be doing a little bit more research and putting some thoughts on paper. And we will be back with some exciting new things to talk about. And maybe uh, maybe some fireworks. We'll shoot some fireworks off next week for the big independence and celebrate all that fun stuff. Right? Right, guys? Sure. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all soon.